Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your Irrational Fan Podcast with Jensen and Jesse. Glad you're here. Jesse, good to see you. I am uh, coming at you from good Cabo you. See- Wabo. Yes, you are. You are in all your glory in so many ways. You're sun-kissed. You're, you're mm. daiquiried up. You're, uh, mm. you're rocking that, that Southern Singlet. Southern it was a very colorful drink that you were drinking. Um, uh, this is called he's the out here just tipsy hand rabbit? holding this mic. Like shout out, he's drinking something called a tipsy rabbit. I think a daiquiri is actually less insulting than ordering something called a tipsy <laughs> rabbit. It's delicious, it's delicious. Um, but Jen, look, I'm, I am I, in Cabo, I, Mexico. I admire the commitment. You're down in Mexico. Yeah. You brought the you brought the gear with you, hand holding yeah. the mic. So if you hear any extra, you know, noises, that's a combination of. Jensen just freewheeling it and probably the tipsy whipsy or the tipsy rabbit, whatever we're, we're drinking. Tipsy down there. rabbit, tipsy whipsy. That, that also sounds like a del- delicious drink. Uh, please forgive our uh, potential internet connection issues. If you hear a bit of a delay, if you hear me manhandling the microphone, that's because I am manhandling the microphone. But I was uh, so committed to talking about the biggest game of the year. We probably can call it that. In all of sports, it's in Amer- in American sports. It's definitely it's the biggest yeah. game of the year in American sports. I'll be honest. If we had just come off of a game six where the Denver Nuggets took it home, I don't know if I'm bringing a mic to Cabo to talk about the game in in April. You know, for the NBA Finals before the NFL Super Bowl, I felt like this was important enough to leave my wife at the pool. I know she will hope she will hope she makes it. But leave her at the pool, let her do her thing, and come and record a podcast with you, Jesse, and for the people. Uh, I'm just giving not just I'm by just the pool, but with Juan Carlo want. as well, serving her, serving her all those uh, pina coladas. Yeah, I asked. I said, "Hey, Juan Carlo, put a shirt on while I'm gone. Would you mind, please?" And then I'll, I'll come back. So she she's safe and sound and protected only by fair. The, the sounds of the ocean. Well, Jesse, today. Um, we kind of already said it, but we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And maybe we can even touch on a little bit of NBA trade deadline at the end. There's a lot of cool trades that went down. We'll I know. You just said you, you don't bring your mic to Mexico to talk NBA. So I'd hate to burden you with talking about <laughs> Kevin Durant being traded into the Suns. <laughs> yeah, well, I I appreciate you lifting burdens. Only one of the uh, largest uh, tra- you know, NBA transactions in the last decade of sports. But no, no let's... But the Super Bowl can kind of be the entry point. So I'm here, right? I mean, if we want to talk about other things, I have the mic in Mexico. So take advantage if we will. I'm just saying, you know, if it was only the NBA finals, I'm not bringing my my mic to Cabo. But um, we're here. Let's get it started. You know, tacitly add. Okay, that's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, while I've been in Cabo, one thing that I've been thinking about on, you know, immense proportions it's been keeping me up at night is what is my question of the day right i have to make sure i think this through do i make it do i make it vacation related do i make it about the ocean do i you know do i really kind of sink into the vibes of vacation um but my my question of of the day for you jesse if you're ready are you ready Mm -hmm. for my question of the day jesse if you could pick any book tv show or movie and movie can include kind of series if you will 
that you watch and you love, right? You may rewatch them at times. We've covered this recently that we're both rewatchers unashamedly, right? We rewatch shows and movies yep. that we enjoy. But if you could watch something for the first time today that you've already watched before, what would be that okay. movie, TV show, or book? Movie, TV show, or book? It's a pretty good question. Uh, let's see. That's it's a couple couple different ways to go with that. There's totally there's some classics. There's some classics out there. Um, it's hard to know if you love something because like of the nostalgia or like the era that you loved it, or if you could just watch it again for the first time now, I'm tempted to go like with just a great TV series that I've watched, you know, hundreds of times, like a, like a Seinfeld, um, the office, arrested development. Um, if it was movies, you know, the Lord of the Rings series is up there for me. Um, some great movies like Gladiator are up there, but I just don't know. You know, I think if I could just have the. All right. So I'm all right. Here's what we're going with. I'm going to go yep. with The Office. I'm going to go with The Office. Wow. Because. And not just because it's like of necessarily the quality or like just like the pure quality of a show, but just the, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but when The Office came out, this was pre-streaming. This was pre all that's like you actually had to watch episodes as they came out. Uh, you actually had to follow the storylines at the pace that the show released them. It was like this whole experience of watching the office was such a just great experience of just you, you set aside that time every day or every week to watch each individual episode. Um, that I think if I could just re experience watching the office again, um, that was one of my favorite just like entertainment eras of my life was watching like those first five seasons of the office waiting for that to come out sure. every week. Um, just I'd say because of how prolonged it was, that was, that was so great. Whereas like you can see a great movie, but it's done in a night. Um, I don't know if watching because Seinfeld isn't so as I like continuous in its plots. I don't know if it's as like entertaining. So I don't know. That's where I'm going. Okay. So Jesse with the office, um, I, I suppose I never clarified the rules and we can kind of make them up as we go, but in how you're explaining it, you are not watching them as if they just appear on Netflix. You can binge it. You are maybe going back in time and experiencing it in real time week over week on NBC and watching them with everybody. Is that how you're explaining it? Yes. Okay. Because so but my, that was I guess – my thought was that it's like right now, like if you were to rewatch, like it's still in real time. Every like all the shows have come out, all the movies, but you can watch them for the very first time. What would they be? But I mean, we can change it. 
you know, we can. can I'm not saying it has to be a time travel thing, but I'm just saying I would love to watch that type of show again, but it would have to be like a release that only gave you the one episode a week type of a thing. Right. Because that was, I think, half of what made watching that show that like that was all part of the experience to me, not just binging straight through it. For sure. So you would What's have to your use self-discipline to then watch one episode. Which, no, I, which I, I will say I am sort of good at that. I think Allie and I, when we find a show, we don't want to be like absolutely yeah, like done with it within two days. And you're just kind of, yeah, then totally. then you're done. So like this new this show, uh, Clarkson's Farm on Amazon. Um, okay. Which if you've never watched, if you haven't watched Clarkson Farm, it's Jeremy Clarkson. He bought a farm in England and he has no idea what he's doing. And it's just very entertaining. Season okay. one came out like I think almost two years ago um, or one year ago, but they just released the second season. And so we're going to allow ourselves an episode maybe like every couple days just so at least sure. we get a couple yeah. weeks out of it as opposed to well, because you, I, you wait for a, sure. a year plus for something like that to come out and all of a sudden yeah. it's just done. No, I get that because I'm sure anyone who's in a relationship with a significant other, they're like finding a show you both like isn't the easiest thing. It, it is not. It, it, it doesn't not. come up all the time. So when you find it, you have to treasure it, which means sparingly watching it throughout the week. So I'm, I'm full agreement there. Um, with my show or TV show or book, it comes down – I actually didn't go TV show. I thought about The Office. I love The Office. I thought about Parks and Recreation, Game of Thrones – you know, all, all time, all time shows in their respective genres. Um, I would win movie route and okay. it came down to two for me. If I could Dumb watch all of MC, <laughs> if I could watch all of MCU or all of star Wars for the first time, I think the like, I know MCU is like legitimately 30 that's, movies. That's so MCU feels like a stretch to select, but that's fine. Sure, sure. Maybe we'll just go phase one. Right. <laughs> but I think ultimately I really love star Wars. And so, which I was explaining this to my wife. She's like, you're such a nerd. I'm like, well, you married who you married. So sorry, sister. It's what it is. I don't think I knew uh, that you I, were that into star. Wars. I, I mean, I don't think you're a real big fan, like a, like a fanboy, like a, you don't own a, your own personal lightsaber, I don't think. But I, I don't own a lightsaber. But like, if you want to talk about General Tarkin, but you've from you've Rebels, looked on eBay, you've looked or, on eBay. I, no, <laughs> let's just say that when we were at Disneyland in California last summer, and we went to Star Wars Land, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool!" And there was this ride. It wasn't the. Uh, um, the oh, what's Han Solo's ship? See now I don't sound like a fan. Millennium Falcon. It wasn't oh, that, but it was like interactive, right? I, mean, I know but, that. But then we, but then we went into like the lightsaber shop. You could literally build your own lightsaber with like the base of it, and then the color and all of it. And someone was someone I was with actually bought a lightsaber, and I was like, I can't do this. Like this is another tier. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't. It's like 150 bucks. So it's like a real investment. And now you have a lightsaber in your house. And I have, fr- I have grown friends. Kramer Rasmussen, a good friend of mine. Yeah, I wish you'd have done it just so you and Jazz could have argued where in the house you could put it. <laughs> like you're trying to hang it above your TV in the living room. Right. And it's just like right. right there. And she goes, what about the coat closet? And you're like, uh, okay, maybe the <laughs> laundry put- room. 
what if we put it in storage? What if we wait on it? <laughs> so if I think I'll nephew. watch Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What if, it's, what if My, we give it to a six-year-old? My final question on this, um, would you watch it in release order or chronological? Yeah, great question. I've done both. Um, of course. I think I would watch it in release order. But I, my, but my favorite movie is of the original six, the final one made, which is episode three, um, where Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Spoiler, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's my favorite movie. So that would then be the but one that comes last, which feels fitting. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Star Wars episode of the original six? I mean, you could go, you know, seven, eight, nine. I just wouldn't talk to you the same if that's really one of your favorite ones. Well, the fact that you're picking one of the 2000s era Star Wars as your favorite Star Wars movie is going to get you kicked out of most fan clubs, I think. No, I Um, actually don't think so. If I picked one or two, you are correct. But I think generally, I think that the OG ones, they go... Four, five, six. You got to pick one of those. Like Emperor Strikes Back, which is episode five. Hundred. It's fantastic. It's going to be my second favorite one. But episode three, which is you know the final of the six that was made, it is very good. Is that the lava fight? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's a lava fight. All right. Okay. I hey, I, I'm not here to convince I have you otherwise. The high ground. <laughs> You know, it's all about strategy. Jens, I think this is a little, this has been a lot of time uh, into the pod here before we've actually talked about what the people may have come to listen for. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in it here for us. So um, my my wife, knowing our answers, she's like, I asked, I gave you, she gave us feedback on question of the day to keep it non-sports related based on her answers. I think she's also stopped listening like five minutes ago. So I think she's out. It's all good. Probably. Yeah. Nothing like ostracizing your entire fan base in one segment. <clears throat> so let's talk <laughs> about the big game. Super Bowl let's do it. 57. Incredible game. So many things happening. I I was you were there was storylines throughout the whole game. It was back and forth. Mm-hmm. Nobody really seemed right. to like completely run away with the game. Just when it seemed like the Eagles were like foot down, foot on the throat, the fumble recovery for a touchdown. There was so much happening in this game. I had a blast watching the Super Bowl. Jens, what was your initial takeaways coming out of that coming out of that Super Bowl? Yeah. So leading up, I don't know if you felt like this, but I didn't have the same like buzz and excitement for the Super Bowl, which now that I think about it may may come from the fact that we didn't really have a pro bowl. Like, I wonder if I'm so used to their just like, even though it didn't really matter throughout the years and it got less and less intense and competitive. And then ultimately they turned into a flag football game. But like, I kind of would turn on the Pro Bowl and see them and that just leads into the Super Bowl. I wonder if there was just like such a gap where I'm like, oh, yeah, like the Super Bowl, like we're talking about this. Like, it's the Eagles. So and the too Chiefs. much this time. Super off. Exciting. Interesting. Yeah. Like, it was, there was uh, too much PTO. I'll be honest. I've between- never considered the pro bowl as something that builds into the super bowl for me so but that's that's cool if that's part of your routine i don't know the last I, I don't time know I've, ever if it is either. I've watched a pro bowl i uh, think it's been at least i think like for me the only thing that me. like put a kind of was kind of hovering over the game for me was patrick mahomes health 
just not knowing what that was going to be like. And it was going to be a big bummer if he was really limited, but I, I think I was pretty ready for it. Um, yeah, it was the two one seeds. It was the, you know, our, it, it seemed like the two best teams made the game. So I felt, I felt pretty ready, ready for it. I I'd, I'd, totally, yeah, it, maybe not as much national buzz around it, but I don't know if right. that's just where we live. Um, but I right. think, I think I was pretty amped up for the game. I was definitely really looking forward to watching it. I think may, it may have just been like a seasonal life thing because once the game started, like I just wasn't plugged in. I'm not really sure why I was distracted this two weeks, but I just wasn't watching much coverage. I was listening to the podcast, but once we got to Sunday, I was like, oh yeah, the Super Bowl's on. This is awesome. But I didn't feel the same like giddiness leading up to it. But the game itself, Jesse, oh my gosh, like give me that every single year. It was so good. It was Such close. We had a defensive touchdown both quarterbacks showed up Jalen Hurts was actually the better quarterback in the game the defensive lines were shut down by both teams offensive lines secondaries are giving up points we had points we had long passes it, it was it was so so much fun so regardless of how I felt leading up to it the game did more than deliver it, it exceeded I think anyone's expectations yeah, I I would totally agree with that. Um the the Eagles came out like with a vengeance. You know how we had oh, kind of talked about up. um I mean all through the playoffs we had talked about don't really know how good this Eagles team is. Um right. and I think we learned that this team's actually properly good. Um They're especially good. their offense. Um they really I mean Hurts is a machine. He was over 300 yards passing. You think he had like 75 yards rushing. He was so good on, uh, what was that? Oh, three touchdowns. Three rushing, yeah, yeah. Three rushing three touchdowns. Three rushing touchdowns. Like, he had over that but, many yards dude, I was more impressed. I was more impressed with his execution on third downs and stuff when he needed it. The number of like mm. third and longs, third and 11s, third and five, sure. third and 14s where he just because we had talked about it in those other games leading up to it. We're like, man, his accuracy on some of these passes just isn't there. Uh, he's missing some key, some key guys and right. key moments. And dude, every time the chiefs, it's seemingly every time I think they only punted twice in the whole game. So seemingly every time they needed a play, he was, he was getting it done, man. He was hitting receivers across the middle. He was hitting them on out routes that pass to Goddard on that third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, late in the late in the game, that pickup, that third and fourteen, was such a good pass. His deep ball to AJ Brown for that touchdown was incredible. Like Hertz was a machine this game. I mean, he was dialed. The in. only blemish you can put on him is that fumble. And I mean, that's the game too. Brutal. Which when he, when you fumbled it, no one like hit him. He was trying to make a play. The ball just kind he of was trying to switch it was hands super with the weird. Ball. Yeah. It was the only time in the game where obviously he made a mistake, but like, could that have been the moment surpassing him? Just being like, I'm going to, I don't know if like it just, he hadn't really made that mistake all year. I didn't watch every Eagles game, so I don't know what his fumbles looked like, but that was really peculiar. Ball security is not something you really think about with, with Hertz. No. And him, like, I don't think you can say enough about Hertz in this game. First Super Bowl third year in the league and he just stepped up dude like at not at any point even with the fumble even with the fumble not at any point did i go 
the moment's too big for him. He was composed totally he, the entire time. It was so impressive. And for him to then like post game and pregame, all the interview stuff, like every quarterback in the league should look at Jalen, like every young quarterback coming in should look at Jalen and being like, that is what I want to be. Like if you're a dual threat quarterback, Jalen Hurts is that model of someone who is just his confidence his character, football integrity, all of it is through the roof. Like I was impressed by him all season. And I was the one that was, you know, coming in going, Hey, can his shoulder hold up? His shoulder is just fine. And even if it wasn't, the man showed us that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like Jalen hurts should have won NFL MVP or could have been even in the losing effort. Like he was amazing other than the fumble, other than the fumble, which cost him the game, but he was unbelievable. (laughs) <laughs> other than the fact that he potentially lost other- <laughs> the game for him. <laughs> it really sucks. It re- I really, really good game. Uh, I'm a no, big it's- Jalen Hurts fan coming out of that game. Huge. Yeah. I, so I went back and I watched the game again on Monday and man, oh, that first grinding tape, grinding <sighs> tape well, over uh, here. You know, want to give the people a real, you know, the Send real the application. Yeah. Right. Just uh, look me up. Uh, so Philly comes out and just marches down the field on, on that first drive of the game. And you go, wow, that, uh, that looked really easy. And then the chiefs obviously respond, but then next, uh, I actually forgot that on their second possession, they actually, uh, the Eagles punted and it was their only punt of the first half was that second possession. But It was it definitely like the momentum of that first half. You didn't feel like they punted on their second possession, but then the Chiefs go down the field and then they miss that field goal. So it's still seven seven, and then Eagles score a touchdown, and they go up and they look like they're just cruising. Not just because they're moving down the field, but because of how long they're holding the ball on these on these drives. Do you remember? Um, I think it was. At some point in the start of the, I think it was by the time you got to the start of the second half, Mahomes hadn't been on the field in like an hour and a half or something really weird yep, like that, that. I remember them saying um, that the time of possession was dominated by the Chiefs in the first half. I want to say it was 22 minutes of game time to the Eagles and eight minutes of game time or time of possession for the Chiefs. Just like, Huge yeah, disparity. 20, 21. Um, let me the, look at the numbers. Twenty-one fifty-four, and the Chiefs had eight oh six in the first half. Yeah, insane. So the only thing keeping the Chiefs in the game in that first half was that fumble recovery for the touchdown, uh, which is just which weird. You don't necessarily to, want to put a early play game to be like that was it. Like I had to find like they were up ten going into the at the end of the half, right? They did every possess like or every uh, you know chance to go ahead and, and take the game, being up 10 going to the third corner. But that really does, looking back, feel like the defining moment of the game and keeping the Chiefs in it. it and I know it's not this linear to say that if that doesn't happen, then the score is going to be 24-7 right. at the half. It's not that one-to-one. Right. But it, it really did feel like the game could have potentially been 21-7 at the half. Totally had that had they not had that happen because the Eagles really seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted with the ball in that first half once they had it. Uh 
Well, Amy, remember Butker missed the field goal for the Chiefs. Yep. Yep. In the first half. That was their well. second like possession. They, they could have they could have kept in a seven point game, but it was a ten point game, but the defensive touchdown. Yeah, that, that fumble really seemed like not a turning of the tide, because it's not like all the momentum went towards the Chiefs at that moment. But it almost was like, okay, like <laughs> let's take a breath. We finally have like we don't this isn't as, you know, maybe as intense or this isn't, you know, as game changing. Like we're in it now. Um, because they dominated that first half time possession, like you like you said. Eagles came out hot, firing, and they looked like they were going to win the game at halftime. Well, especially when you consider that going into halftime, Patrick Mahomes got his leg rolled up on. Yeah, and right. Looked properly injured, went to the sideline, and was just kind Agonizing of like pain. writhing. Like he yeah. was, he was hurting going into that second half. And at that point, I kind of thought ah oh, shoot is this is this over now is this almost just going to be a repeat of that you know the the Eagles Niners game where all of a sudden the Chiefs have to put Henny in or something and now it's we don't even really get to know what these two teams could have done against each other over a full game uh but Jensen that did not happen because Patrick Mahomes came out in the second half and showed you why he is the best quarterback in the league <laughs> undoubtedly um and is well on his way to potentially being the best quarterback to ever play this game. Dude, they came out in that second half and completely did whatever they wanted to against that Eagles defense, that Eagles defense that had had the highest sack total in the season, the entire game had zero sacks in the game, still the most ridiculous stat that that team, that Mahomes on a bad ankle, on a re-injured ankle, could get zero sacks against him. Was the field a factor in that? Potentially. Yeah. Another story. We'll we'll talk about storylines later that like weren't necessarily directly about like plays made in the field. But going back to the Eagles defensive line, they had four players, four, with double digit sacks this season. That's that's really hard. Four players to have at least 10 sacks. It's almost unheard of. And in the Super Bowl, they had the most sacks in the regular season since the 85 Bears. Hold on. We get to talk about the Bears, dude. We don't have to get to say the Bears (laughs) one time in a positive way. Kind of. Look at us. It's been 40 years since they've done anything, but go Bears. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, it shouldn't have happened like that just doesn't happen. That should not have been the case especially on a bum ankle like i know joe tooney and lando brown you guys are awesome but you shouldn't be able to hold up against that really really deep defensive line which also speaking of should we pour one out for our guy just realizing this the midseason trade we sent we sent him over to the eagles quinn oh our boy quinn a fourth Mm. round pick and he didn't he didn't get his ring. Poor guy. Poor one out for Quinn. We loved you when you played for us. Did he even I'm curious how much he was on the field? Keep talking. He probably was into that second rotation, right? Robert you Quinn. I think so. Yeah, he was out there. I mean, yeah, I wonder how many like his he snap did not record was, a tackle and or a sack. So he's not in the box score, but I'm sure he got some snaps. 
yeah, he was he was out there with Sue and all those guys. It it really but the reality felt is like as a as a whole as a whole, the Eagles were the better team, like through and through, and even played a better game because in the second half, while the Chiefs ran away with it, I mean it was only a three point game, right? So the Eagles would have scored what eleven points. Because they went, they went for two at, at one point. Because they scored thirty-five points and they had twenty-four. So they scored eleven points in the second half, and then the Chiefs scored what twenty-four points? Would that be the right math there? So I mean, they kind of kept pace in the sense to keep it close to the end. So it's not like they just fell off. Like it wasn't like a Patriots Falcons where like Patriots are down, the Falcons fell apart. Just at the end of the game, Patrick Mahomes made more plays. And also had a lot of help with special teams. Okay, so you said something interesting there where you said the Eagles were probably the better overall team. And I actually don't know if I would agree with that statement. I think they certainly had such a time of possession advantage in that first half that it seems that way. But if you actually go and look at... um, the, the flow of the game, I mean, not to get like, if you go and actually look at some of like the advanced stats numbers in terms of like EPA and DVOA stuff, the Eagles were actually a far more efficient and far more successful team. I think you actually, part of what you saw was the Chiefs the when they were had the ball. Efficient? No, no, the Chiefs were far more efficient. Oh, you said Chiefs were the better team by far. Chiefs were the better team by far. And I think, and it, Part of what felt so off about that, especially the first half, you had the missed field goal, which made it seem a little weird. Um, right. And then you had that fumble recovery. But that fumble recovery and then like, the missed field goal, like, you just kept getting the ball back into the Eagles' hands, and they had these really prolonged drives. And we have this, like, or for me, I have this memory in my head that Hertz was just converting all this stuff over and over again. But in that same vein, you kind of go, well, the Eagles kept putting them in these bad situations, in these third and longs, in these fourth sure. down positions where they had to come back and then convert and make something happen. But on the other side, when the Chiefs had the ball, they were just almost never in those positions because they kept converting on first down. They kept converting on second down. They just never even let themselves get into those really kind of precarious or inefficient spots where they had to convert these long things over and over again, especially in the second half. Well, even in the first half, they were like their commitment to the run game was incredible. Like they're the way that they on a comeback when on as a team that's down going into the second half with a, with Patrick Holmes as your quarterback, the way that they still stuck to the run game and let Pacheco move the ball down the field methodically and not let that Eagles defensive line just pin their ears back and rush them and have that discipline and that ability to execute a well-rounded game plan. I think the Chiefs actually showed themselves to be the more well-rounded team because as the Eagles, what they've done all season is they have got up early. That's been, they've scored like first drives, touchdowns, like some crazy percentage over the season. They were the, they were the best second quarter scoring team in NFL history. So they get to second halves and they're up and their defensive line can just rush and just absolutely put pressure on the quarterback. And that's where all those sacks come from. And the 
and the Chiefs just didn't let them get to that position because they didn't put themselves in those 30 long passing situations. They didn't let themselves get tricked into saying, hey, we're down 10 with, you know, a quarter left to go or whatever, and just go go into this pass heavy scheme. They kept just do running their game plan and not let, you know, quick passes. It was the only game this season where Mahomes only even attempted one pass over 20 yards downfield. They just said, yep, hey, we I, know what you're good at and we can execute to our strengths that are going to completely mitigate what you're good at. And the Eagles seemingly couldn't adapt to then take away what the Chiefs were doing really well. Yeah, I hear that. I I think with the Eagles, we look at the first half and we obviously see the domination of it. And there was a lot of like weird stuff that happened. We had the Miles Sanders fumble, and I don't know his fumble number or his fumble numbers, but say that five times fast. Fumble numbers, fumble numbers. But I don't think that they were necessarily super high in the season. And then we had that Hurts fumble, which we've gone over, right? So there's this two, I would call fluky plays in the first half of which they dominated. But then going into the second half, I mean, with I can't remember if that AJ Brown touchdown was in the first half and then the long Devonta Smith touched or uh, it wasn't actually a touchdown because he went out of bounds. I think that was in the no, second right, half. That was that was in the second half. And then yeah, that AJ Brown touchdown was first half. And hey, I just think what did even, I tell you their game? What did I tell you that Eagles game plan was? Rush running plays and then big shots deep. Like that's yeah, exactly which what they did. Totally. And so to your point of them putting themselves in bad positions, you talked about the conversion on third to 14 Dallas Goddard. We also had a fourth and five, which Jalen Hurts converted and he ran to the right side of the field. So even though they ne- didn't necessarily put themselves like in efficient positions, right? Like maybe they didn't have a lot of second and fives, let's say, or third and shorts, they still were able to make those plays. I think ultimately what sunk the team, and this might be to your point, where they ran the ball a lot, so the secondary was maybe thinking it would be run on the goal line, but the Chiefs, <laughs> they ran the same play twice to score that touchdown. They did Dude, that, they just that, like uh, that, in and that out fake, to uh, Tony. fake motion. And then an in and out to more, dude. And both times, and that, the cornerback that is just good just coaching right came, there. <clears throat> they came over on the motion, and then they got caught up, and then he just motioned back out. And he, they, both of them, dude, were wide open. It is like the Chiefs secondary with Gardner, and slay like they it's a or sorry not the chief secondary, mean the, the Eagles, Eagles secondary yeah with Gardner and slay they're like it's a really good um but secondary all season long and they both <laughs> what's hilarious is that like did it on both sides of the field so it wasn't like oh the one guy just got beat by the same but it's no the defense like on both sides of the field got beat by the same play and I, like that just sucks and maybe that's to your point them running the ball and thinking like we're on the you know the three or the four wherever they were, and so we're gonna gonna crash the box and it just slipped out and and that you know to your point great coaching I don't even think scheme. that's a factor necessary necessarily of like the run balance I think that's just incredible coaching on the Chiefs side because to me I watch that and go they scouted the Eagles. And they and they saw something. They saw that on those motion plays, 
they hand off that coverage across the field. Like they don't follow that man across. That's a handoff play for them. So you can see on both times as that man starts, the, the Chiefs player starts moving across the field and that corner points across and starts starts to follow and then points across and hands that player off to the safety. And then that player in that motion now is the responsibility of somebody else on the team. And so that eyes of that cornerback are in on that, have, have now moved in. They've got a different responsibility. And I, I bet you that is how the Eagles have run that coverage all years on those motion plays. That's a handoff coverage for them. And maybe that's a lot of teams that do that. But the Chiefs saw something and said, if we can get them to commit to that handoff and we bail on that motion, they do not have anybody else there covering covering for that that change. And that was just yeah. that is just coaching and execution of knowing how a defense likes to play a certain coverage and exposing it. And I think it was brilliant doing it on opposite sides of the field because now you're like you're you're playing with the other guy now. So the guy on the one side has seen it. Right. So if you start motion again in the back of his head, he's still probably like, okay, I got to kind of make sure that he's actually going to commit to this. It's just so simple. <laughs> it's not a complicated route. There's, there are no picks in the play. No one is causing disruption. You just, I know when it works well, it does look so easy. Like stutter. really, that's all it takes. Oh yeah. That was crazy. But that, I mean, those were, you know, that's 14 points right there and Alton put the Chiefs in position. So, yeah, I mean, that's, speaking of coaching, Andy Reid, based on, I know he lost a challenge, but like, you know, timeouts, time management, play calling, this may have been, you know, in a big spot, his best coaching performance that we've seen. Because he's had some bad ones. I think that's a, but he showed up. Yeah, he is, especially early in his career, he was not known as being the most, locked in kind of game like manager of the game and situations and like flow of things right. um he really that team just never they never seemed to panic even though they were down big coming into that second half um it just it seemed like they were in control and they always felt like they could do what they needed to do um smith schuster had a huge second half for the chiefs when you go back and watch that yep. second half he, he catches really well he catches I mean, I think so. He had seven catches on the game, and I think six of them were in the second half. And probably of those, of those six second half catches, at least four of them were for first downs. He yeah. just caught like there was a there was one drive where he just I think he probably converted three I, first so, downs for him. So it's funny is that me and my friends we watched like there was a lot of us over watching the Super Bowl. And we do this thing called dollar bets. So it can be on simple as like during commercials, we go, Hey, I think there'll be an insurance commercial up next. And then everyone be like, can bet against it and bet against it. Then like, if there actually is an insurance commercial that plays, you win their money or you have to pay all the people that bet against you. So we play dollar bets the whole game. And I put a dollar bet on, it was after Juju had caught three in a row. And I said, I bet that they will not throw to Juju for a fourth time, right? Just thinking, how could they? And, and think two other people took <laughs> it and said, I, I think they will throw to Juju for a, full, for a fourth time. And they threw it to Juju for a fourth consecutive <laughs> throw. And I lost the bet. So I remember very vividly him going like, wow, he caught one. Wow, he caught two. Holy crap, he caught three in a row. Yeah, and he there's just a whole drive there that he, <laughs> right. they just went to him and he just kept making it happen. All right. Speaking um, of betting, did you have any Super Bowl bets that you placed and hit? Were you up? Were you down? 
How'd betting go this weekend, Jess? I uh, <laughs> I feel like talking about your bets is like talking about your fantasy football teams. I'm not sure people. Well, keep really it care. brief. Did you win? Uh, Did you lose? Uh, so my one winning bet was uh, in line with my game prediction from last week's pod, where I said Eagles score first, uh, Eagles leading at the half, and then Chiefs to win the game, and that is how the game played out. So that was a that was a nice little win. I bet that and hit okay. That. Uh, nice. And then my other two Put bets big money on that? that I had made. Oh, big money. Big money. A lot of Huge units. Money. A lot of units. <laughs> um, my other two bets both hinged on Patrick Mahomes throwing for over 275 yards because he had thrown for over 275 yards, I think, in like 11 or 12 out of his 14 playoff games in his career. Seems like uh, a so good So that bet. was like a pretty minimal baseline and one of the games that he hadn't done that was this season against Jacksonville where he first he turned the ankle and missed a punt uh, some portion of the game so he only threw for like right. 200 in that game uh but instead uh Mahomes threw for his uh lowest passing total ever in the playoffs in this Super Bowl <laughs> win 182 <laughs> yards nice, which dude. is just crazy nice um, 182 yards and they, and they scored yeah. 35 points. Uh, part of mm. that is like, you know, we said the, the recovery by the, you know, the fumble recovery for a touchdown and then the Kadarius Tony punt return puts them on the six yard line. So yep. there's just, that was like, that was where all the weird first half things where it's the Eagles scored or the Chiefs scored however many points I was, I guess it wasn't the Tony punt return was in the second half, but the first half right. it's like they had scored 14 points and Mahomes had had the ball for like five minutes. So he just, he just, right. it was such an odd game you know, script chance. in some ways where he just didn't really have the ball. And so to your point, they kept that's running the ball. my bets. Right. And they committed to running the ball. Um, yep. And they were just methodical. They, they really just didn't yep. take those big shots. They didn't want those, those plays where it took a lot of time to develop down the field. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. about you, Jens? Any successes or failures for you? Uh, we had, I think, three bets in the McGowan household. The first one was I put 20 on the um, Pia walk-off game-winning field goal as time expired. So I was off by about eight uh, seconds, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah tough. Yeah, bummer. Tough. Um, Jasmine put a bet on Jalen Hurts to be the first touchdown scorer. So that hit. Oh, that was, nice. That was 20 to win 110. So that was nice. that was a Yep, she took that one home. And then I put $100 on the Chiefs money line, and it was at plus 120, so I took home 120. We had a good day. And then, like, with our dollar That's bets, and we did Super Bowl squares, I think we were plus, like, 275 that day. So we had a great Dude, time. We had a day. great time on Super Bowl Love Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Paid for two of your cocktails down in Cabo. <laughs> it is expensive. The Viceroy is beautiful, but the food is, dear God, you have to take out an extra loan just to pay for a bowl of guacamole. Just that, those avocados. They might be local, but they are not cheap. Yeah, is yeah, there an avocado shortage I didn't know about? Can we can we lower uh, the price, please? Yeah, it's true. So coming back to the game, I think there's two big things we still have to talk about. Uh, I think, or maybe it's just the one big thing we have to talk about, Jens. I think at this point we have to talk about the penalty. We've mm. we've we've lavished praise on. On Patrick Mahomes, yes. we've lavished praise on Jalen Hurts. 
We've noted that the Eagles defense did not really show up the way they wanted to. Although I'll say of those 35 points, you probably can really only say 21 of them were really quote unquote allowed by the defense. Cause it's hard to pin the Kadarius Tony touchdown on them. When you just put a team on the six yard line, line. it's like, yeah. Okay. And then when you have the fumble recovery, that's not on the defense. So I guess 24 points because there was a field goal in there. So 24 points, you could say that the, the defense allowed. So yeah, that's a little unfair, but it's also just, you can't just say, well, the, the chiefs wouldn't have scored more than 24 points without those two plays. This is not how it works. Totally. But I will say, I don't think, I do think the Eagles got out coached offense versus defense in that regard, but I don't think it was as big of a failure of the Eagles defense. Maybe, but they just never made. They just never really made any like big plays. They right. They just there's no picks, there's no fumble recoveries. There was no big. I mean, there's plenty of stops. Like you forced, like the Chiefs punted more than the Eagles, maybe by like one more punt. Like I think there was maybe a total of Chiefs punted punts. twice in the first half, but then did not punt in yeah. the second so half. you had one more so even that point you're like you so need they more stops they didn't anytime the chiefs got the ball in the second half they scored so that's that's pretty damning it's hard <laughs> it's geez the 29 minutes of the rihanna now, halftime granted really again one of those adjust. one of those drives is was a five-yard drive because of that punt return but right. that, i mean that's that's right. part of the game like yeah Special teams got to show up. So let's talk about the penalty, Jess. Um, let's just make it plain and simple before we break down the logistics. Did you think it was a penalty? If we're just saying, what was that a penalty? Yes, it was a penalty. The defender said it was a penalty. The I book. think they actually did a really jab. I think they did a really bad job actually showing the penalty on TV because they showed the line, like the view from the quarterback side and right. they thought that he called it on when he kind of had his hand on his hip as he turned up field but that's not what they actually called the holding on from what i understand what they called the holding on is when Schuster was breaking in across the field he grabbed his jersey pulls and then stops to go out he grabbed his whole back pad and you can kind of see the defender as Schuster stopping and then and going back out, the defender basically uses Schuster's, you know, jersey to stop yeah. his own momentum and follow him back out across the field. Like, and you could see that from the other camera view a lot better. But he fully just kind of grabbed that back pad and kept himself connected to the receiver by using his right. jersey. So was it a penalty? Yes, it was a penalty. And it was a real bummer of a way for that game to end. It really sucked that that's how, you know, quote unquote, it was decided. Now, granted, a lot of things decide the game. And I think a lot of the Eagles in regards to Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and a lot of players recognize that, like, the game doesn't come down to one play. But as viewers, there are, there is 90 seconds left. And we're watching that play happen. And that's a bummer that, like, and I'm, and call, I'm like, locked down. in. Yeah, they would have kicked you're a field just, goal. You're like the Eagles. Yep. It would have given the Eagles 90 more seconds to see what they could do down the field. And that would have been more entertaining, just from a viewing experience, not from a betting. Completely. You know, point of view. <laughs> I was happy with it. 
I loved it. You know, we're good to go. Um, That's the thing is, I so obviously I picked the Chiefs to win, but I I, I wasn't so just like completely. Yeah, we un- have a dog like, in the race, invested or attached to it. And when that totally. happened, I was just like, oh, like because this was such a good game. The refs had it was so clean, but their stamp the on it. Had, it yeah, was such a done good anything. game. Even the three calls, right? So we talk about the Miles Sander hit, Miles Sanders hit, where he like fumbled that Nick Bolton could have returned for a touchdown. That was called incomplete. And I think incomplete. that was the right call, yeah. right? Dallas Goddard, Fine his with catch that. on third and 14. I think it was barely complete. Right call. I think that was the right call. There was one other challenge. There was another, there was a Devontae Smith one where Devontae oh, went to the yeah, ground. Oh, yeah, where he bobbled. Yes. Where and it kind of rolled underneath him, the and they called that incomplete. And I think and I that agree was with correct it. as well. Yes. Yeah. So they, of the three big plays, like the refs didn't do anything. And then they just throw this flag, and you're like, what? This, it almost kind of throws you off guard. You're like, this hadn't happened all game now like you know the Bengals game i was calling rigged right like uh, the refs are involved whatever at that moment i was like that wasn't enough in comparison to how you've called the rest of the game to throw a flag i felt like that and even though the cornerback admitted you know to it it still felt like you would let that kind of thing happen all game and now in the red zone tie game you throw that uh it didn't feel. I didn't feel good. It just with brings up the question. It, it's 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 an impossible position for the refs because you don't even really know what you're asking. It's like you're saying, okay, so do you want refs to subjectively call fouls that they see? And I think just on a gut reaction, I'd say no. I want them if they see a foul, I want them to call it. I I want them to call consistently because I again like I you know plenty of people have said you could call holding on every play you could call this on every play blah blah, blah. So you want them to be consistent but you don't want if that ref looks and goes he sees a really clear penalty you don't want him to go ah no sorry the, like the game's too close the game's too good I like is that what you want like you want him to say I what I want uh, is refs to call it based on how impactful it could be, which maybe sounds like it could be super subjective. Right? See that, but, but that's like whole- the NBA like thing when you, if the guy goes up for the layup and they wait to see if he makes the shot or misses the shot to call the foul. Well, and I'm that I think is so like, stupid. It's like, running- is it a foul or is it not? It shouldn't matter if he, if he if made, but, the, but there's, the there's, I bet you there's a holding call in like 80% of the plays somewhere that a ref sees and goes, it's on the other side Maybe. of the field when the running, when there was a counter to the right side, I'm not going to call a holding call on the left side, even though the receiver did like, there's that kind of stuff. I'm okay if it slides, but in, in my opinion, why they, why they threw the flag is because Mahomes baited him. Mahomes overthrew Juju and baited the call. That's what I think would happen. Maybe. I and I was I couldn't quite tell if the flag came out after the pass had left the hand, like his hand or if mm-hmm. he had thrown the flag totally. um as he saw the penalty or if like we just said he waited to see the outcome of the play to see if it had right. worked out. Like if if Schuster catches that ball does he still throw the flag? I I don't let's cuz sorry. Right, so here's here's my my summary is I wish he didn't I wish that flag wasn't thrown because it puts this like weird just kind of caveat on how the game finished. And it was such a good game, even though I think 
the better team won on the day, even though it was the team that I had pick, like pick. Like they would have gone up by three. So, There's no guarantees. As a bigger, as a bigger, just kind of philosophical point, I don't really know what I like. Do I just not? Do I just want a ref to ignore a call because the moment's too big? I guess that's what I'm right. saying, but it's just it's a it's such a hard thing. Yeah, there is a part if, of you that goes like be if consistent. You, it's got to be a way more blatant. Like Schuster's got to go to the ground or something. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. Which that's the thing I don't know what like, we I don't know what we want fell, from these guys, and it sucked. If Juju fell based on the same tug, you know he could have flopped because he obviously didn't. Fl- so that's the other sure. part of this that really sucks is that you know. We don't want the refs to be baited in by players, which I guess you could call that. I mean, he he just called what he saw, but he didn't consistently make that same type of call, which is what where the bummer was. And I and that part I don't know. If, like if you have to go back back and watch the all twenty two of the whole game and go, anytime a receiver made a break, where they you know did it and a deceiver in the did a defender have their hand on him and they didn't call it. I don't know. I didn't go back and watch yeah, the tape that closely. Maybe the receivers was, the whole game made clean routes and breaks off the defenders every single time. Maybe. Maybe that maybe. was the only time the defender was able to be close enough to to cause a flag. I don't know. It just was, to our point that we were making, it was a bummer it ended that way. And I wish the Eagles had more than, what, 15 yeah, they had like Nine four seconds. seconds. They didn't even have that much time. Yeah, yeah it was less than ten. Exactly. So yeah, it would have just been a it would have been a better finish to the game, right? Had they made the Chiefs kick the field goal there, go up three, and then it goes all right. Now you now now you got to go stop the Eagles from either scoring a touchdown to win it or a field goal to send it to overtime. That would have just that would yep. have been a better finish to the game. I don't think yeah, it was. I completely again, agree. I don't think the ref invented a foul, but it just <laughs> right. it just was a little bit of a letdown. All right, Jen, well, let's wrap let's, this up here um, with yeah. some with some just kind of other notes, tidbits, things that you noticed about the game, um, random stats, um, the field. We said you know we kind of briefly mentioned. Yeah, we'll, we'll call this segment. Things you may have missed at the Super Bowl and love it. Or others Great. that you may have caught. You know, I may maybe maybe you caught them all, but things that are not game related. Uh let's talk about the field. We had what? I don't know, 80 players change their cleats through the whole game. Does that sound accurate? Well, actually, I did hear it interesting. So apparently nobody, I don't know if the stat held true, but somebody said on the broadcast, I think it was at least through halftime. That nobody on the Chiefs actually changed their cleats. Like they, there's something oh, about the their, their equipment manager kind of like was kind of out ahead of this that like whatever the conditions were going to be, they needed team, a certain cleat type. You know, I know just organizational superiority all the way around. So that was noteworthy that the Eagles were definitely seeming to struggle. But to that end, there were plenty of instances with. Kansas City Chiefs players slipping. Like, I don't know if you noticed on that Kelsey right. touchdown, he was just kind of coming to a stop after he caught the touchdown. Legs go out from underneath him. He falls. Um, you had the Eagles kicker almost like snap his ankle in half on that one kickoff. Yeah, on the, on the you kickoff. You had Pacheco like was, just coming yeah. to a stop and his feet go out from under him. Like, it was bad. I actually saw a really funny, like, tweet thread where this NFL reporter, 
don't know if he works. I don't think he works for the NFL, but it was just like this reporter down there for the NFL had done this little like mini story on the on the turf. And I guess they had literally they had spent 18 months growing this turf just for the oh, Super wow. Bowl. Like, I don't even think this was just the turf. I don't think this was the turf that the Cardinals normally use. Like this is where it was in Arizona. It was they had, like turf? specifically grown this turf for this game. If I'm re- if I was reading it right. They had spent like $800,000 on like just growing this specific like sod for the game. Yeah. And uh, it did not, it did not go. I saw plenty of armchair um, sod experts on Twitter saying they cut the grass too short. There was too much paint on the field. We don't really know, but one positive we can take away, Jens, is that the strain of grass that they were using for this, it's called. I forget some Carolina 50. I don't know. Whatever. But in any okay. case, a relatively new breed of grass. It's this grass oh. that they were using down there. And you know okay. who is going to be using it for the first time this season? Oh, no. Your Chicago <laughs> Bears. <laughs> oh, no. Why? So, Awful. Uh, yeah. Awful. So we have that to look forward to. The Bears haven't been able to figure out their turf for the last 20 years. They decided they brought in a new groundskeeper. He's going to, he decided to bring in this new turf. And in its first game in the limelight, it was one of the worst fields that anybody's ever played on. Oh, dear God. So this is awful. Uh, so there's that fun little note. Um, Another one that I saw was LeBron was supposedly booed. And when he was booed, he put a crown on his head. And I was confused I did see that. because you're at a football game, my guy. Like, have you ever known, let's say back in the day, Dr. J shows up to a football game, the Super Bowl, right? Iconic NBA player. And he pulls out a stethic, a st- st- help me out, stethoscope, stethic scope. A stethoscope? There it is. Stethoscope. Start, or starts So you're saying that all players pulses. should just have props? According to their nicknames, why why are you putting a crown on your head? Like just wave. I don't know what's he supposed to do. What's he supposed Uh, to do? Not a crown. Wave. Flip people off. I don't know. It was so weird and like insecure. I I saw that. I was like, all right, man, nice. Like usually, I'm not trying to. Oh, I don't enjoy you as as a personality. I'm not trying to hate on you too much. But you you put a crown in your head. And I get that you just passed the scoring record, but felt a little, um, little in your face, lack of subtlety. Well, LeBron's was, never really been we, known for his subtlety. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Maybe it was just on brand. Um, we also uh, had the purple Gatorade prop bet, which was plus seven fifty. We had green or yellow at I think minus one ten or minus one fifty. So if you had put a no, a, a fiver or a tenner on purple Gatorade. Well done by you. You won that one, but they also didn't really show it on the broadcast. All of a sudden, we see Andy Reid and he's just wet. And we're like, wait, 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 where's the purple Gatorade? They actually didn't show it when it was dumped, but then they showed a picture later. So that was just saying, they just, they just told you it was purple. We don't know. Uh, some fun Mahomes stats just for how good he was, particularly in that second half. Uh, after he rolled his ankle, so late in the second quarter after he rolled his ankle, because I don't think he came back in in that first half after he rolled his ankle. I think it was, no, it was I think it was under two minutes. 
So I don't think he did. I don't think they got the ball back. Yeah. It was, yeah, they punted after that scramble play, third and 15. Yeah. That was, so that was, the, that was his last play of the second half of the first half in the second half. Uh, and this is courtesy of sporting news, uh, fun facts about the game. Thanks sporting news. Uh, he went to 13 for 14 for 93 yards and two touchdowns in the second. So basically perfect. Yeah. Um, and then he also scrambled for over 30 yards in that second half after completely trashing his ankle. So the guy's just a machine. Um, Travis Kelsey theory, his ankle wasn't actually hurt. So you think, okay, I, yeah, so you're, you're buying into, he was milking, <laughs> no, milking the not. ankle, which no, I, think I don't his, really I know. think his ankle was hurt, but he would, I mean, he really sold it. Like we saw the scene of him writhing in pain. Before the he's putting his head the on the half. trainer's shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just maybe he took. Maybe let's look if he had any drama classes at Texas Tech. You know, let's see if it was great. We'll go back drama. and look at his syllabus. Yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey is now second all time in postseason touchdowns. He just passed Gronk, so he just passed Who's Gronk he in touchdown. Jerry, uh, Jerry Rice. Okay, so Jerry Rice has twenty two. And Best Kelsey's tight end of all time. 16. Jerry Rice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, man. I was going to say, you know that Jerry don't, Rice wasn't no, a tight don't end. Don't stop. Don't do this. Come on. Best tight end of all time. Do you think it's Kelsey? Um, As, as a not necessarily a tight end aficionado, um, I'll say no, because that seems like a little bit prisoner of the moment. Um, I think he's definitely got to be a top three all timer though. Um, I do three, I do think someone like, uh, a Gronk is probably still considered to be an overall more elite tight end. Just if you're going to take in to account the other responsibilities of a tight end, like their con- contributions Blocking. on the offensive line as a blocker and all that kind of stuff. Gronk was a sure. bit of a machine in that regard. Um, sure. I think if you just want to say as a pure like route runner pass catcher, it's I mean, Kelsey's probably end. the best. Yeah. But if you want to say combination of offensive contribution, unstoppable in that regard, and ability to impact the other aspects of that position, Gronk probably is a little better. But again, maybe you no. Know, yep. I don't have an answer for it. Maybe I don't somebody know the tight end position say. enough. Yeah. So we'll leave it to other people. What else? Any other uh, fun tidbits or takeaways for you from you there, well, Jens? We, uh, we already talked about that was the lowest passing yardage for Mahomes in a in a yep. playoff game. Um, um oh, something I thought was just kind of, of interesting. So you know how you know how Valdez oh. Scantling had that big game for them against the Bengals. Goose egg. One target, no catches. I just thought that was pretty wild Goose that he was egg. he was their he was their guy in that Bengals game, and then they're just yep. like, "Now nah, we're good in this one." Which I don't think Juju had a big game, so essentially just swapped. It's like, hey, it, I'll yeah, take. They this basically one. just swapped. Yeah. Um, outside of the game, I don't have any like statistics tidbits, but um, there was that FanDuel Gronk commercial, and it was like leading up and promoted like for three weeks of like, will Gronk 
make the field goal. The kick and of, it was kick like of you destiny can, or something? Yes, yes. The kick of, and shout out Jamison. He was like, you guys got to talk about this because it was no one has talked about it. And it was – I really – I saw it all over the place. I can't even sports bet in Washington, and I saw it in so many commercials. And he missed it. And it was this like 15 second commercial in like the third quarter. And they just put like this like li- like blinking live button in the top right hand side. And yeah, I'm watching, clearly I'm watching not live. Because I actually I didn't even notice it. I didn't even see it. No, it was so it was the most like minuscule. It it was not noticeable. You had to be like eyes glued to the commercials and then he missed and you could actually bet on it. It was so lame. It was awful. It, I felt like based on the hype, I thought it was going to be during like half It was just time. a weird marketing campaign in general. I didn't really get it. Now, that being said, um, FanDuel allowed everybody to quote unquote still win and they gave basically if you had a FanDuel account, you got a free $5 bet. Which hey. I put on uh, Denver Nuggets Jokic parlay and won eight okay. bucks. So um, <laughs> nice. Thanks, dude. thanks, Rob Bronkowski. That's awesome. I love that you turned five. When you say five, is it a total of eight? So you had you had like won three dollars, or you won thirteen? No, no. So I so I I made back. I made eight off the five dollars. So, okay, so a total nice. of. Dude, of- good work. Mortgage covered. Thank you. You know, we're good Set. to go. <laughs> College like, I mean, fund. I'm only working with $5 here. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you don't want to, you don't want to just parlay the thing to death. That's never going to happen. So I did, well, I did a little Jokic stat chances. line parlayed with the mo- like Denver it. money line. Dude, I can't, now you got can't house money, risk how, losing that house free money $5. to play with. You just roll that up. Now you got Dude, 13. Just, yeah. Keep making. Check it back in with over- me in May. We'll see what I can turn that five dollars into. Absolutely, it'll it's probably like your be gone personal four hundred one k. Just five after five on these easy bets. I love it. Um, the last thing that I think we both could could talk about, um, because you weren't necessarily, you know, too pleased by it, was the Rihanna halftime show. So this is the first time Rihanna had performed since two thousand sixteen, and there was no features. It was just her. It was a cool set. Which I actually didn't know she red. hadn't performed in that long, which I don't really know. Is there a reason why it's been that long since she's done a show? She hadn't released any more music. I mean, she I think she just took a break and then she got pregnant and now she's pregnant again, which we found out during the Super Bowl and she was like rubbing her tummy and kind of revealed it in Dude, in that you could fashion. tell from the mo dude, the moment the lights came up on her, I looked at it and I was like, Is Rihanna pregnant? <laughs> right. And she goes she yeah. sure looks pregnant. Yeah. That's a belly. Like that's yep. yep. And that's not like, oh, Rihanna's put on some weight. Like that's just straight, that's a baby in your belly. Yeah. That was so I'd heard oh, some people saying, like, oh man, like oh no guy noticed that. And I was like, dude, that was the very first now maybe that's because I have a pregnant wife, but I was like the very first thing I right. saw I was like, yo, she's pregnant for sure. Yep. Which you just made your own very uh very recently last weekend pregnancy announcement. Congratulations by you. Or maybe it was this week sure. or was it yesterday. I th- I think we actually I mean we put it out there to the world yesterday, but I mean we're doing April. We it's not been a yeah. secret for a long time. Congratulations but by thanks. you. I appreciate you. You'll have a you'll have plenty of time with your paternity leave to record in pods. Maybe we'll put up two a week. Who knows? 
Oh man, we're gonna be we're gonna be cranking them out. Come back. Look, hey, look, and and you kind of threw me under the bus there. I don't think it was a bad performance, wow. and nobody is going to like defend the person who's criticizing the pregnant woman. But I, you know, <laughs> here I am, anyways. No, that's, a, that's a hard sell. <laughs> I just I. I didn't find it to be all that engaging of a performance. Okay. I have made my living working at concerts, shows, events for the last however many years of my life. I'm a little critical of live event performances. I thought the set was cool. I thought the design was yep. really good. I thought the song list was right. I think she had good songs. She just, uh, I, I, here's the thing. I didn't mind the outfit. I wish she would have done like a change. It just was kind of weird that like sure. the, the, the costume vibe never changed at all the whole time. Sure. Um, I just didn't find it to be that engaging of a performance. I think yeah. there, she just kind of seemed like she didn't really want to be there. And maybe she didn't because yeah. maybe she agreed to do it before she was pregnant. And she was like, well, well I think clearly she agreed to do it before she was pregnant. Um, I, I thought it was it. fine. It was good I just wasn't see. blown yeah. away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're not saying the worst Super Bowl performance of all time. You're not saying it was no, like not at all. top five. Right. No, I've saw, I, I just I, saw some people kind of losing their minds over it. And I was just like, uh, the bridge too far good. for me. I thought it was fine. I liked it. I liked it personally better than the weekend, which was a couple we, couple years ago. Um, I didn't like it as much as Bruno. If, if that's like, so if we were to kind of compare in recent Super Bowl performances, I liked Beyonce better. I maybe liked it more than Katy Perry. Not sure that I, was. Longer I, I ago. thought about I thought about Beyonce as well. And look again, a bit unfair to compare someone who's pregnant. But sure, that like Beyonce freaking yeah. just showed up and like she yeah. she performed. She right. like she put on a show. And Rihanna to me showed up and sang her songs with a good set. Bangers. and that yeah. was kind of it. Great yeah. songs. I, Great songs. I wish that like, like, baby, I like your style. I need a one dance. And Drake shows up, right? Like, I wish that would have happened. I think they would have put it over the top. Like, you were good. Now you have a feature. Like, her being pregnant is being like, I got this. Maybe misguided. Maybe ring on a feature and elevate. Like, last year, we had Eminem, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre. We had, like, all these dudes, right? And Rihanna, I think she just relied on the fact that I had performed in seven, eight years. And I, I personally thought it was good, but I definitely think bringing other people in, it could have been better. Yeah, elevation, up and down, it looks super cool, like you, like you said. It, it wasn't my favorite. Just the, it would have changed the energy a little bit just to bring something else in there. I hear you. It was, I just, it was a little I static. Better. It kind of seemed like nothing. I, I think I liked it more than you, but I definitely could have been better. That's where I'm at. Great. I will leave it there. I think that's a great spot to leave it. So no NBA trade trade deadline, to be honest. We haven't even talked about doing that. I just kind of thought of it as we were rolling out the podcast. But we could maybe touch on that, KD, all these trades that went down. Let's Um, save it for another one. There's plenty of time. We're going to be coming up to All-Star break. Um, We'll we'll save that for a state of the NBA address. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we'll maybe do that post-All-Star break looking into the second half of the season. Oh, we never did we'll our draft for the NBA All-Star game. Dang it. You know what? We might have to go double Cabo and podcast. Who knows? Good, to, good thing, to good thing you're, uh, you're suited up. 
<laughs> ready to All go. Right, we'll uh, we'll uh, circle that. back to that and see if we need to do that. Beautiful. Well, thanks for listening, Gents, everyone. Thanks for being a sport. Thanks of for course. showing up from of course your sunny beaches. Absolutely. I'm about to head off to a a, a mezcal farm. It's called Acre. Uh, they have like a live animals and a petting zoo. I'm very, very excited. I might bring home a bottle that I will save for you if you ever make it out. We'll see. Love it. Looking forward to it. I mean, if it's really good, you could just get a bottle of that for me from that last Mezcal bet that we made if we want, you know, if we need to. Yeah, the Mezcal bet. And then I think there's that other bet. I think we both have. Do like I still owe you money from a bet? Yes, that's yeah. fine. There's some yeah, debts we, to be paid. There are there are debts, and the listeners they're waiting they're waiting for the receipts to be shown. So we should probably square that up. Yeah, we'll, all right, we'll we'll get square here in a little bit, gents. Enjoy the rest of your poolside time. Maybe I'll talk to you in a few days if we need to rock. You know, if we need to rock out a little NBA All Star draft. Because anyway, yep. I mean, we just we can't miss an opportunity to to do a draft. If, Dear if God, one, I love just a so draft. naturally there. You I love, love a good it. draft. Buddy, good talking to you. Say hi to Jazz for me. I'll do it. See you, man. Bye, everyone.